only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. It's time for the Baseball Talk Radio Show. And fans, don't you know you can sponsor the podcast by going to our Patreon page. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash baseball talk. You can subscribe to the podcast and also further our broadcasting by making a small donation. Please stop over. everyone and welcome to this edition of MLB Baseball Talk Radio Show Podcast. My name is Rich. Rich, I'm Gary, but Rich got a little confused there. Well, I, I sort of combined both our names from our previous podcast and this podcast. I'm going to cover everything. Keeping all the bases covered. Great, 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 and uh, it's great to be back on the show, and uh, only two weeks to go to pitchers and catchers, Gary. And thank goodness, Rich, because it's been awfully quiet, a couple of small things going on. Uh, we, we have a signing, uh, Greg Holland signed with the Colorado Rockies, he's going to close for the Rockies out there, but uh uh, Cincinnati picked up a couple of young pitches from the Marlins in the trade, but other than that, not a lot of stuff going on at all. Yeah, not too much, but, uh, just that prospect of spring training, uh, and it's staying light out a little longer. I don't know if you noticed that, but after five o'clock tonight, about 10 minutes after five, I still had daylight in my neck of the woods. So it was kind of feeling like spring. I got a little, uh, little glimpse of spring there tonight. Yes, yes, certainly. Uh, the weather's uh, windy and cool, but uh, as you say, Rich, it's a little bit lighter, a little bit darker, so that's a great sign. Yes, indeed. So, well, we stream this podcast every week for you. I know uh, certain podcasts record and re-record and edit and mix in different things, but we do the show straight on for you. I just wanted to let our listeners know that. And it's very interesting, Gary. I don't know if you listen to uh, other baseball shows, but some are so polished and so, uh, you know, finished, so to speak, that it's uh, kind of hard to believe that we go from start to finish on every show. Uh, and what you see is what you get. If we make a mistake, you're going to hear it on the show. Yeah, that's right, Rich. And uh, as you say, some of them are really uh, polished. And we try to polish it as best we can, but we don't do... Uh, a uh, heck of a lot of editing at all. Maybe just once in a while to take out a few of those ahs or uh, uh, something like that. But usually it's pretty much what you see is what you get. And with the video, that's just straight. Yes, indeed. And we'd like to invite everyone over to our YouTube channel. We've had a couple new subscribers in the last week. We still get a lot of uh, 
new listeners that stop by and you can watch our video version uh, as we record the show live here. And it's a, a great thing that uh, Google has done with this uh, streaming software and all. Just a few short years ago, we couldn't even think of doing this live and streaming it everywhere, Gary. That's true, Rich. It's certainly things have changed and uh, hopefully they'll they'll keep things around. Though sometimes Google has uh, a little itchy fingers and like to get their fingers in a pie and mix things up a little bit, but uh, not always for the better either. So hopefully they'll they'll keep out of this now. Yes, indeed. Well, we talked a little bit before the show on some of the subjects we're going to talk about tonight and on last week's show, we talked ad nauseum about the Baseball Hall of Fame. I got stuck on uh, on several topics, but this week uh, you have some more news for us that I didn't really read in the past week. Well, there's rumors in different areas. It's just not really, I don't know if there was really a story out on it. Picked up some things though around and on MLB uh, Network that the they may be considering changing the voting pattern for the uh, for the Hall of Fame and and possibly eliminating the character clause. Uh, I, I guess that would be a way of allowing the steroid guys in because a lot of the voters may hold them out based on that. Without that clause, uh, they probably would vote them in. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know if it's fair to everybody that's in there already or not didn't make it uh, so far to change in midstream how they're changing the voting. But, uh, I mean, they've done it before, and I'm sure they could do it again if they wish. But uh, it's going to just vote them in. I mean, if you're going to do that. If you're not going to go through the whole asterisk thing and all of that kind of stuff, then just vote them in. Yeah, and that would be a crime to remove that clause uh, from uh, the eligibility of voting for the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. But, you know, they've done other things to sort of move towards this uh, new area and electing players to the Hall of Fame. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. It just seems like with the voting being made public now and things like that, the, the amount of voters reduced and uh, just a movement towards getting these guys in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, they still have a few more years to do it, but it certainly seems like the Hall of Fame and uh, baseball writers themselves are, are sort of policing this and, and moving themselves in a certain direction as well. But uh, as we talked about last week, uh, what can you do? It's, this is the Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't know how many of our listeners really hold much relevance to it. I, I think it's a great place. It's a nice place to see uh, old memorabilia and things like that, the great history of the game. And uh, it would be a shame for a few players to sort of taint the history of baseball. But, you know, if you go back 50, 75, even the 80, 90 years ago, you can come up with different events that did taint the baseball world. And maybe this is just our specific generation of, of tainting, so to speak. So <laughs> yeah. we'll have to keep an eye on it. And you know, Rich, it's, it's, if they did get away with, did do away with the character clause, 
What does that mean for Pete Rose then? I mean, somewhere along the line, if they're getting this liberal with everything, he's going to have to get in. It, it just got to be in. He's the all-time hit leader. I don't care how you slice it, dice it, or whatever you want to call it. He's the home run. He is the, the all-time hit king, and he deserves to be in. I know the whole gambling thing, but to me, I, I send your cards and letters to me, I guess. I, I think the gambling is not as bad as the whole steroid thing. And that's just my opinion. And and again, it's what he did on the field. And there's no indication that he betted on the when he was playing for the team. So I you know, he wouldn't go into the Hall of Fame as a manager. He would go into the Hall of Fame as the all time hit king. And I think it should be allowed. Yeah, and it seems like that worked against him some 25 years ago, uh, they instituted certain clauses in the Baseball Hall of Fame, making him ineligible to even be voted on. So the first thing that has to happen is baseball has to accept him back in the game. And he's he's really made some strides in the last year and a half or two. And he's even sort of zippered up his mouth at certain point in the last year uh, to maybe see that this may happen. I mean, He's getting older and older every year. I think he's about 76 or so now. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, if he's going to see himself get into the Hall of Fame, something's going to happen probably pretty soon for him uh, because he's getting older every day. Yeah, I mean, he can always go in uh, after he passes. Well, a number of guys have happened, uh, too, that they've gone in. It's just a shame that... uh, You'd like to try to get the the players in, but uh, um, I still think he belongs in. And you know, Rich, it was uh, it was interesting. We spoke last week about the, who got in and who didn't, and in very informal poll, a lot of people um, kind of agreed that they didn't think this class was uh, one of the strongest, and that these guys weren't true Hall of Famers, but. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people with different opinions. A lot of people felt that they should get in. Um, you know, I, I made it known last week. I didn't think that this was a great class. I didn't think these guys really deserve it. And that's just my opinion. But, um, you know, keep those keep those emails coming in and, and uh, we'll discuss them. Yes, indeed. And speaking about emails, and I'm going to try to cue this one. This is uh, kind of a long cue to our email here so you'll have to uh bear with this one gary until it's over but uh, then we'll read the email how's that sound okay this is from back in the day by the way to our listeners got mail now that was a long intro but (laughs) believe it or not that's what you has you used to have to listen to when you signed online and you just wanted to read your mail ladies and gentlemen all you young guys out there and girls that listen to the show 
you don't know what you used to have to go through to get your mail. <laughs> yeah, we used to have something called dial-up. <laughs> you had to dial-up and get connected, and that's what the, all those beeps and stuff were. And uh, uh, video, remember the video? The video was like, it was terrible. But uh, we've come a long way, as they say. And like you said, we did get some mail, Rich. Yes, we did. Uh, Gary from Cleveland actually uh, gave us an email this week, and we enjoy all of your emails. He said, hi, Rich and Gary. Really enjoy the show. Really enjoy the podcast. Cleveland born and bred and love the Indians. Now, last week we were talking about uh, baseball and film and also documentaries, and he had a documentary to add to the list of baseball movies, and it's called The First Boys of Spring. A documentary about the hot springs arkansas um, and supposedly the first site of spring training so he wanted to bring it to our attention you can find it uh, locally on some fox sports channels or you can purchase the dvd and uh, gary you looked for it on amazon prime this past week yeah, uh, he said, I, I saw it in the Amazon store on a DVD, and, and I was checking to see. He said it was available on Amazon Prime, but I haven't come across it yet. But I'm going to keep looking for it because I, I think that's something that I would enjoy. You know, you and I, Rich, are both uh, love the history of the game, and that's the kind of stuff that gets us going um, uh, with this about the old timers and, and getting into shape. And, and he goes on to say that, uh, they went down the hot springs to get in shape and take the baths. Uh, however, the owners forgot about the casinos and the brothels down there. And maybe that goes back to the whole character issue with the hall of fame. Uh, we're talking about, you know, players like Babe Ruth. And, uh, I believe it was more in the twenties that they started, uh, something like the spring training like this going to hot springs. And, um, now that's a big business in itself, spring training, but, um, sounds like an interesting documentary and, and Gary, you got a great first name and, and, uh, thanks so much for, uh, taking the time to drop us the line and, and, uh, keep, Chief Wahoo Align out alive out there in Cleveland. Yeah, I know a, a big Cleveland fan that I'm around all the time, and he always wears his block C cap oh, to work. So uh, one of these days, I'm I'm gonna have to get him the uh, Chief Wahoo yeah. Cleveland hat because I know I think he'll wear it. I can't stand that block. C. I I you know. I always loved the Indians logo, but boy, that block C, that was really, that's a big mistake. I mean, even the block C that they had back in the seventies was better than this one. Um, and, and, uh, the, the other, uh, C that they had in, in, I guess it was the seventies or the eighties or something, but, uh, this one here, no, no, thank you. Uh, I should have wore my, uh, my chief Wahoo hat tonight. I didn't even think of it. But, um, and Rich talking about Cleveland, they just found it out kind of all over the place tonight, but, uh, we, we got to go with stories there are. So, uh, Cleveland just found out that they're going to host the 2019 all-star game. So I hope Gary gets tickets for that maybe, and, uh, gets out to that and uh, maybe he'll enjoy the fan fest in a couple of years when they have the all-star game in Cleveland, Ohio, 
Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, great news for the Indians fans and our good friend uh, from Baseball PhD out there, uh, who I think is listening to our show from time to time. Uh, I guess he's on cloud nine too, because I know he's going to be there. You can almost book him into there. Yeah, I'm sure he'll, he'll, uh, he'll be there going to that, uh, all the activities and, uh, you know, Rich, it's a great thing. The all-star game, uh, as far as what they've done with the fan fest, the game itself, isn't that exciting? The home run derby now has gotten even gotten a little boring, but, um, the fan fest is really a great thing and, and the people love it and it, it you know it, it kind of connects them to the sport and and look you know the funny thing is we all complain about the all-star game but if it comes into our town it's like you want to try to be a part of it it's a great thing then you know they always sell out uh the, the fan fest always does terrific business and uh, i think that's really tells you um, more than, than just the people. It's easy to complain about things, but uh, people get out to these things and, and they really enjoy it. Yes, they do. And of course, uh, the Cleveland Indians, they, they're sort of bucking a trend here with baseball. Their stadium is not new. In fact, uh, for the 2019 All-Star game, the field will be 25 years old. Wow. So I guess uh, within the naming of the all-star games for all the major or the national league teams in the last few years, they had to give it to an American league team in 2019 and the Cleveland Indians just happened to be it. So, uh, great news for the Indian fans. Of course, they came up short last year by a little bit, but they, they really came out of nowhere to, to make the world series as well. Gary, it's always great to see that. Yeah, and I still think if they had their full, healthy pitching staff that they would have been able to get that one more game. And uh, really, uh, it's a, it was a heartbreak uh, because they had it. Uh, they had the series won and just uh, couldn't get it done in game six and game seven. And, you know, we all forget that, yes, the Cubs won, but the Indians pulled back and, and almost won that game in the eighth and the ninth inning again. So, uh, but the Cubbies were able to hold on. So, um, they did a great job. Like you said, Rich came out of nowhere and, uh, uh, going to be interesting to watch them again this year as, as we get closer and closer to opening day. Yes, indeed. Only about 66 days till opening day as of the time we're doing this podcast, but just about two weeks plus short of pitchers and catchers and I was out at a diner earlier tonight and a guy I usually talk baseball with just happened to mention it. He's like, won't be long now and a pitchers and catchers uh, report down there. So uh, a lot of people getting excited, you know, uh, talking about things and uh, we know the Super Bowl's just right around the corner as well. So we know after that happens that it's going to be baseball season. So uh, all those football fans out there can uh, turn their attention towards baseball. And, of course, uh, guys like you and I, Gary, probably primarily baseball fans mm -hmm. are going to be in our element. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, we'll be back talking about our teams again because we'll see what the uh, how it all breaks down and comes out, even though the first week is a little slow down there. 
you don't really get a lot of uh, stories and stuff. There'll, there'll be stuff coming out that we can uh, uh, talk about and uh, see what's going on across the league. And there's still a lot of guys out there, free agents, that may be forced into taking less contract than what they wanted eventually because they just haven't had the offers. And uh, that's going to be interesting to see over the next few weeks. There's a lot of relief pitchers out there couple of sluggers left not a lot but a couple of them still remain out there and uh we'll see where they fit in and where they land before spring training or possibly after the start of spring training but um a couple other points coming out of uh major league baseball rich and that's that the uh, seattle mariners are going to retire the number of uh, edgar martinez yeah, very nice there. Always great to hear that a great player like him is going to get a special honor out there in Seattle. And I, you don't hear too much about Seattle on the East Coast. I can't tell you the last time I saw the Mariners uh, play in a game. Uh, of course, many years ago when Ken Griffey was on the team, Ken Griffey Jr., I used to watch them occasionally because my son was a big fan. But mm-hmm. uh Generally, I don't watch them too much. I'm not really in tune with what's going on out there. Yeah, well, and the games are on late for us here on the East Coast. So if they're home, they're on late. And they weren't, to be honest, and I don't mean to offend any of our Seattle Mariner fans out there, but they weren't an interesting team until the last couple of years when they have spent some money in trying to get some uh players in brought in Robinson Cano and some other guys they made some trades and uh, now they are, are in a better position Pretty, had a strong finish last year could be a team to watch this year out in the west as they try to challenge the uh, Texas Rangers as well as the Houston Astros out in the west of the American League but um, we're also National League guys we've, we've said it on this show many a time so um, a lot of our focus is there, but we try to do crossover the American League for this show. And uh, Martinez was a, a, a nice player. Um, again, a DH. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer uh, because he didn't play a position. I don't consider DH to be a position, but uh, a good hitter, very good hitter. So we'll see. He'll become the second Mariner to have his number retired behind uh, Ken Griffey Jr., of course. So uh, it, it's a great honor, and uh, I like it when a team honors somebody that's been loyal to their organization and played with them a long time. And it's just it's it's a nice thing to uh, get that uh, uh, acclaim from your your teammates and and the organization that you played for. Always a nice honor there. And, of course, uh, we talked last week a little bit about uh, Donald Trump, our president of the United States. You know, after he got elected, Gary, you read nothing but stories about him. And, of course, we had to research a little bit about his baseball aspect. And, lo and behold, a couple stories are coming out on uh, Donald Trump as, quote, unquote, the baseball player. Uh, Way back when, he was actually scouted by the Philadelphia Phillies and the Boston Red Sox. They were taking a look at, at the Donald uh, 
as an option in 1964, which was a year he graduated. And uh, he, he was quite the baseball player. So uh, wouldn't it have been odd if uh, Donald Trump actually made some sort of uh, minor league career, but uh, he just didn't quite get onto that level. But an uh, interesting story had come out where he was scouted by mm -hmm. a couple major league teams. Yeah, apparently he was quite a good ball player. Uh, it escapes me now what position he played, but he was a good hitter, and a, a good all-around ball player. And, uh, yeah, uh, he, he was scouted. And I'm not sure if he was drafted or not, but he decided to uh, go in a different direction. And, and, look, you know, he hasn't done too bad for himself. No, not at all. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Um, I just happen to have an article up here uh, as we're doing the show here. It says uh, he played first base and also played catcher. Oh, okay. Uh, in his own words, he said, I was a good hitter. I just had a good time. And a lot of people know that the Donald usually speaks the truth. So uh, we got to assume that that's correct. Maybe we should try to get him on the show. <laughs> that would be a nice coup. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get to work on that. <laughs> you never know. But anyway, uh, also another story had surfaced, uh, and we don't do many politics stories here on the show, of course, but I thought this was interesting. Uh, many years ago when the MLB went out on strike, Donald Trump was angling uh, with another investor on starting his own league up, and it almost came to fruition. Um, I think there was a meeting scheduled somewhere in New York where um, he was supposed to provide funding for this league, but at the last minute, for some reason, and it hasn't been really talked about probably since, um, it was all scuttled. So uh, Donald Trump's participation in forming that league uh, dissipated. Perhaps he had word that the league was going to come back and start playing again, and maybe you didn't think that um, that league would make it, possibly behind his football career. If you remember, he had his own football team at one point. So uh, Donald Trump, he's been in the news for the past few years, especially in baseball. Yes, uh, he had the uh, New Jersey Generals and actually had a pretty uh, uh, um, successful uh, team there as well as that league did okay for a few years. But uh, I, I don't know what happened with that league, that, that eventually they closed down because they were pretty decent. Of course, we've seen a lot of leagues take off since then and fail, mostly in football. Um, the uh, one that the WWE, the, the wrestling company, ran for a while, that, that kind of uh, didn't last too long. Um, there was one, the XFL, I believe it was, that attempted to play uh, two, three years ago, and uh, they got two seasons in. It was really kind of a disaster. Uh, it was a great idea. It was like a, they were trying to form a minor leagues for the NFL, but the, the NFL didn't take them under their wing, and that's really what they needed. And uh, they claim they had all this money, but they had team. They had one team that played all its games on its road. Um, there was a team in Brooklyn, 
and I, I think they missed the boat. What they should have tried to do was trying to hook on with minor league teams and get them to be co-owners in this whole thing. And uh, they had it in Brooklyn. They played where the Cyclones play. Uh, last season, they had one up in Hudson Valley. They played where the Renegades play. And that, I think, would have led to more success had they partnered, tried to partner up with some of these minor league ball clubs, um, especially in the New York Penn League. Uh, because it would have been a regional uh, sport, but it might have worked that way. It, it, and and uh, it just failed miserably and crashed and burned. But uh, there's been a lot of attempts at other leagues, uh, mainly uh, football in recent years. If you go back in the history of baseball, there were attempts at other leagues. Um, but uh, they never came to fruition. And... Um, but again, that's how these, you know, the American League and the National League started. So, so there's always hope yet, and especially with the prices that some of the major league clubs are getting now, you would think that independent baseball, especially minor league baseball, will really uh, take off, uh, especially with families and things like that. It's just more affordable uh, to go see a baseball game, have some fun, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So keep our eyes on that for you. And we talked a little bit about the all-star game in 2019, Gary going over to Cleveland with that. But, uh, this year, the 2017 season, it's going to be held in Miami. And of course, uh, that was announced back in 2015. And, uh, I think a lot of good things were forecasted for the Miami Marlins back then. Uh, there was a lot of upswing. They got that brand new stadium, uh, they hired on a whole bunch of high dollar players and then something happened down there. They all got unloaded from that team. So, uh, it's interesting the way, uh, this 2017 all-star game will be presented and you know, what really happened down there in Miami. Yeah. And I, I, I think they were probably going to uh, push it as a, a showcase, if you will, for Jose Fernandez. And of course he lost his life last year in a boating accident, so uh, that's going to be out. They've got to try to get people in there. It's going to be interesting to see if they can get people into that stadium for this thing. Usually the All-Star Games do very well. They'll get a lot. I'm sure they'll sell out. They'll get a lot of tourists. Um, Who who doesn't want to go down to Miami? Um, Though I don't know if I'd want to go in the middle of July or the beginning beginning of july but um they will get a lot of tourists coming down from all across the country to go to the all-star game and uh, i'll show i'm sure they'll do very well but it really is a shame that they can't get more people in there i mean i know sometimes the mets are playing down there there's more maybe more met fans than there than marlin fans so um I'd love to go to a game down there and, and uh, check it out sometime, but um, it, it uh, it's going to be there in seventeen and uh, in Washington in eighteen, if not uh, if I'm correct. Yes, that is correct. And this year for the All Star Game, believe it or not, since two thousand three, uh, the All Star Game has determined the home field advantage for the World Series. Starting again now in 2017, the rules change again. 
and the All-Star Game will no longer determine home field advantage for the World Series. So not so sure that the All-Star Game is going to be uh, less watched now or maybe less perceived as being uh, relevant to baseball fans, maybe, uh, that they took this away. be interesting to see how that storyline develops as well. No longer a part of the World Series home field advantage. Well, I think they had to do away with that, Rich. I think it was just getting silly. Um, I, I Personally, I think they should go back to the old way that they did it, alternating years. That was the fairest way to do it. I know they wanted to bring some relevancy to the All Star Game, but uh, I don't think I don't think nobody liked it, and uh, I I think the the fairest way to do it really is the way they used to do it years and years ago, and that was to to go with the rotating years. I think it used to be even years used to be the National League, and and the odd years was the American League, and. I think it's time to go back to that. Uh, A couple other changes with the all-star game for 2017. Uh, They're going to be 32 man rosters for each league. Uh, The winning team will share a $640,000 bonus to be split up by the winning team and managers no longer selecting the reserves for the roster. Instead, those will be picked by the commissioner's office. So that's very, uh, very unique in itself that they take that right away from the manager of each division, the National League and the American League, uh, and leave that to the commissioner. I'm not so sure that's the way uh, baseball should go either. Commissioner picking players for an all-star game? Well, I guess... The the thought process is probably that he'll pick the hot players of the of the time that he thinks deserves to be in, whereas the, the people are going to pick uh, the, their own players, probably right, their own players and and the publicity, the uh, the more popular players, and uh, the managers would probably pick players that they're familiar with from their own team, so. Uh, people do get neglected, and maybe they figure this will be a way to stopping that. And maybe it's a power grab by the commissioner, too. Uh, you know, it seems like more and more the commissioner's uh, broad sweep is is uh, stepping in there onto the baseball diamond. Well, they're allowing it, so... <laughs> There's not much you can do about it. He is the commissioner, and uh, we'll see. Yes, we will. Well, we encourage you to send us an email if you're a listener out there. And please stop by our Patreon page. It's Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com forward slash baseball talk. You can drop a $2 a month donation our way, and we'll use that specifically for the show. Get you better guests, better hosting for the show, things like that. So we invite you to stop by there. Again, drop us an email. It's rich at baseballtalkradio.com or Gary at baseballradiotalkradio.com, that is. And tune in to the show on Stitcher, iTunes, and drop over to baseballtalkradio.com as well to check out the show. 
There's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week broadcast there going on, rotating shows. You can listen from around the world. So we invite you to check out our podcast. And if you want to check out our video shows, as I said in the beginning of the show, go on over to our YouTube page. Just search out the Baseball Talk Radio Show on the search box, and you'll come up right to our shows. And please subscribe on YouTube yes. and iTunes. Uh, we'd love to get more subscribers to uh, the the station uh, on a YouTube channel and to uh, uh, the show on iTunes and and uh, tune in to BaseballTalkRadio.com because there's lots of great shows there. Besides, Rich has a great show called Philly's Talk and My Mets Musings is there, but there's a whole lot of other great shows. So go check it out, BaseballTalkRadio.com. Well, Gary, we hope to bring on some guests in the next couple of weeks right before we talk baseball and spring training but that about closes us down for tonight any uh, final thoughts about tonight's show no another great show rich and uh, always a pleasure to talk to you talk baseball my pleasure indeed well we'll talk to you again next week on the baseball talk radio show thanks for listening everyone lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details